0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm your boy, James Jackson, joined by my guys, Kyle Sirik and Jake Galley. No stat, Matt Robinson today. He'll be back with us next week. But, gentlemen, we got a good podcast to kick off, too. A lot of hot teams in the NBA just now, like, you know, coming to this point. And that, that's what we're going to get into real quick today. Anything you got to say before we get
1: rolling? Uh, I just want to say to uh, a certain group of haters out there and the team that we will talk about uh, shortly, the Wizards are low-key nice this year. I said it in the beginning, they ended up being one of the worst teams through like the first quarter of the season. And um, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but uh, I was right once again. and uh, (laughs) You were were right for like a a
0: brief week and a half, maybe two-week period, and the rest of the season you were just just deadly wrong, but I really wanted to put the Wizards in here, um, you know, as, as one of the hottest NBA teams, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that. Let, let's first actually start, and the team that we'll start with is a team that we've talked about before on the podcast, and as they have not cooled down yet, so we got to bring them back up because they're still, if not the hottest team in the NBA, the best team in the NBA, and that's Utah Jazz, coming in winners of 11 of their last 12, but I mean, really, you could pick any point in the season, and they're winners of... 10 of their last 11, 13 of their last 15 like the Jazz, you know, obviously have the best record in the league right now and they're just they're setting the league on fire and doing everything. And you would want to say it's led by Donovan Mitchell, but if you look at this team across the board, it's not really even just Donovan Mitchell that's, you know, carrying the carrying the weight for them. I don't even think he's carrying the bulk of the weight for them to be honest. It's very evenly spread out.
1: And something that I found interesting, just looking at it, you know, doing betting shows every day now for Radio.com, you look at the betting angle. The Jazz have covered 12 of their last 13 games against the spread, meaning not only are they winning, they're also, Vegas is saying, oh, I guess they'll win by like five, six, seven. They're even outperforming the expectation. So mm-hmm. they really have been impressive this year. The only thing I wonder is, as you know, you go deeper and deeper into the season, as you enter the postseason, our guys like Joe Ingles, our guys like Rudy Gobert, as we've seen, kind of take that step back, maybe reduce and shrink back into uh, what we thought they were. That's the only thing that I'm really going to be looking at.
2: But so far, Quinn Snyder has this team playing really well. Really well. And you know what they say, Jake. Good teams win, great teams cover. So, you I'm a little worried about this Jazz team. Uh, we know my take a couple couple weeks ago. I wasn't too high on them, wasn't buying into them yet. Um, and you make a good point. We've seen these guys regress, especially like Joe Ingles once we get postseason. We've seen these guys regress, but I think they have that Jordan Clarkson insurance card now. I'm not going to see him. Re- I can't see him really regressing, and now we have a full-strength Conley. I, I really like the way they're playing. I mean, I like teams that play both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. right? This team plays defense, and, and – You need to play defense to what are they 26 and 6 right now? That's ridiculous. That's one of the best NBA starts in recent history by far. Mm
0: -hmm. And you're right, colleague. This is one of the only, probably the only team in the NBA who has stayed elite on both sides of the ball, not just good on defense, elite in terms of top five in rating in both offense and defense. And that Jordan Clarkson card, like I can't imagine he's going to cool off anytime soon. Obviously, the leading man or the leading candidate for six man of the year has hit double figures in every game this game, every game this year, except one. And he just looks like he's completely comfortable in his role of like, just come off the bench and give us buckets. Like you had mm-hmm. to worry about anything else. He comes off the bench. Absolutely firing Had a 20 point game in their winning. against the Lakers as well. Like, you know, he just comes off shooting. And I think it's great. Like unconscious play from Jordan Clarkson is what they're going to get.
1: I think though, the, uh, another area that, we look at you know where is maybe this team a little bit of fool's gold and i don't want to call them fool's gold but just in terms of regression to the mean their three-point shooting this year has been insane yeah absolutely insane like, They've like, made like, 100- like,
0: can't even can't even fathom where it's coming from like it's it's
1: ridiculous because all i mean the way that they're built and it's surprising when you have a guy like rudy gobert on the floor there are other teams that you know all five guys can shoot three pointers rudy Mm -hmm. gobert you rarely ever see him outside of the three-point line and for good reason but um (laughs) from three this year they've made 196 more shots than opponents have this year like they're just not so not only are they hitting them they're also preventing the other team from hitting them so you know, if both ends of that start to shrink back towards the mean, they may end up being more like the three, four, five seed that we thought they were again. Um, but hey, who knows? Maybe this is just their new norm.
2: Yeah, they're playing the uh, the analytic game, as I like to call it. You know, all the teams have their analytic departments now, mm. but which ones can actually get it done? And what Jake said, 196 more three-pointers than they've given up. That's six a game. They're hitting six more threes a game. And the actual stat there, Jake, is they've made the most three-pointers in the league. And they've allowed the least amount of three-pointers. So I I don't know what they do at practice. Maybe they just play on the perimeter defense and they just got that down. But that is ridiculous. I mean, I I can't put that into words how crazy that stat is.
1: Well remember when they played James Harden in the playoffs when he was still with Houston I think it was either last year or two years ago it was two years ago um, they were one of the best teams at holding him and making him inefficient and they did a lot of that on the on the defenseman by playing behind him they kind of let him get in and then they would play behind him to where he can't really uh, step back or do, do the things that he likes to do so Quinn Snyder great great job coaching the team and he's been underrated for a while
0: yeah He's definitely, you know, if it keeps going like this, no way anybody else gets coach of the year over Quinn Snyder. He almost has that in the bag right now. if This continues after the all-star break. But you look at, you know, this this whole thing looking at the Jazz boils down to at this point, are they championship ready or are they championship contenders? That's kind of the question we come back to every time we cover the Jazz. And you look at recent championship teams, especially last year's Lakers team. They were very efficient on offense, but very, very good at defending the three-point on defense. The best team in the NBA last year in defending the three. And when it's, you know, this kind of NBA, this modern NBA, being good on defense is one thing. Being the best team in the league at preventing three-pointers being made, I think, gives you an extra leg up because that's how teams pull ahead. That's how teams get back into the game. That's how teams make their runs nowadays is from the three-point line. The Jazz never let you do that. And when they give it to you on the offensive end, this drone comes in a barrage. I don't know if you guys watched their game against the Lakers, but all of a sudden the Jazz started out a little rocky from three, and then all of a sudden, second and third quarter, they, they absolutely just made it rain. And everybody from Jordan Clarkson to Joe Ingles to Royce O'Neal, like every single person was hitting threes. And I believe in that game, Donovan Mitchell didn't even score his first point until like a minute and 30 left to go in the first half. Like He doesn't even have to pull this weight. And that's good because I think come playoff time, he's going to have to. And he's, you know, he's got all this saved up until then. So the the Jazz are are the best, like, team in the NBA. When I say best team in the NBA, the most cohesive unit in the NBA, I see is the Utah Jazz.
1: There's there's good reason for that, too. They are, I think, the longest, a lot of, I don't know the exact stat, but (laughs) they, I believe, have one of the longest tenured teams, as in most guys Mm -hmm. with, like, Four plus years, five plus years on the same team—that pays off. That pays off on the defensive end. That pays off when you're trying to work and build and grow offensively. Um, and also, I think the NBA loves this because they say, "Look, see, you're a small market. You guys kept together. You didn't bring in any huge free agents. Yeah, and you're a good team. You guys are fine. <laughs> we don't need to change anything." So uh, that—that is one thing that's really stood out to me is how cohesive they are.
0: Yeah, don't let the NBA get their greedy paws all over that. They love. They love that. Right. Quinn
2: They're... Snyder too talking about tenure. Quinn Snyder's been there since 2015. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same I mean, way.
0: They've allowed this unit to grow together, and I think the the Jazz have given more patience than most, if not any other team in the NBA, of allowing a, a one core to continue to take their lumps and keep moving and not you know feel the need to change it up so much. They they've done it real really well. Before we move on to the next team, I just got to put this stat out there because I, I don't even know really what to do with these numbers, but. We know that Shaq famously or infamously, you know, his his shtick on on inside the NBA right now is to, like, go at players, to motivate them with, like, tough criticism. The first person he did it with was Donovan Mitchell back on January 21st, and a lot of people are, are crediting Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz success as they should be, but I looked at his numbers before and after the Shaq comments because Shaq almost tried to take credit for how good the Jazz are because Donovan Mitchell is their leader. Before the Shaq comments, Donovan Mitchell was averaging 24.3 points, 3.9 assists, 4.9 rebounds a game. Since Shaq's comments, 23 points, 5.2 assists, 5.7 rebounds a game. His, his scoring average is gone. That was not right. Jake, Jake did a, a shoulder shrug. Pretty much, yeah, his numbers didn't even change. But like, I don't know what to do with that because the Jazz have almost seemed to be getting better. Like they're they're beating good teams, they're beating good teams by wide margins. But Donovan Mitchell hasn't upped this play. Like, where is this surge coming from?
2: I, I think they just... I mean, I, I would actually argue that that is upping your play a little bit. You go down one point, but you go up almost an assist and a half and almost a full rebound. I mean, they're getting better because they're winning. You know what teams with momentum can do. Mm-hmm. I always say it about that a different sport, but the 2017 Eagles. There is no way... I mean, you could have lost the Tom Brady in Super Bowl, but going into that, there was no way we are going to lose that Super Bowl, at least in yeah. my mind as a fan. It was hot, I mean, hot, at the right time, yeah. Yeah, you, you get into these sense of momentums, and you're like, oh, we've lost six games this whole season. No other team is even close to that number. Like, we're just beating everybody. We just beat the Lakers by, what, 30 the other night or whatever it was. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're just in a groove right now, man. Yeah. It, it, who knows if they sustain it, but you're going to get better when you're in that mode.
1: Yeah, I just want to say about Shaq – and i don't know if he does it like i don't know if you guys saw he does like the who's what's his first name what's
0: his first name i mean i don't know how people like this content like how you on tv you don't know like (laughs) you saw a picture of malik monk and didn't know who malik monk was
1: he said eli his first name you thought his first name now it may just be him playing dumb i think that's what it is it could easily be but if it's not
2: yeah that's bad
1: i just if it's not all i want to say is Thank you, Christian Wood, for calling that man a casual to his face. Thank you. Because you're on national television. You're one of the greats of the game. And you almost make a mockery of the game when you kind of go at these guys. I don't really have a problem with him going at people. But just, you know, pretending like you don't know people's names, stuff like that. It's just, it's old hat to me. I don't like it.
0: Yeah. And, And these aren't players that are playing... Two to three minutes or five to ten minutes a game, like but Malik Bunky, you know, gets big rotational minutes for the Hornets. Like
2: I mean he just had 30. Yeah, like I don't like I don't
0: understand how you don't know who he is, but Shaq's mama got Adam. So hope you know, apparently Shaq's gonna be nicer to players because you know mama mama O'Neal got you know got Adam said to, to take it easy. But speaking of teams with momentum, we'll move on to the next one: the Valley Boys, the Phoenix Suns, eight and eight and two in their last 10. Uh, but if you go back even further, it's either 12 and 3. In their last 15, uh, we know they got two all-stars now, Chris Paul initially, and then Devin Booker joined them after the injury to Anthony Davis. He have pulled in as a reserve, but the Phoenix Suns, again, along with the Utah Jazz, are, are moving from hottest teams in the NBA to one of the one of the best teams, at least in the Western Conference. They sit fourth in the Western Conference right now, playing good ball. Go ahead and sing my man's praise, Jake. I know you want to. Go ahead and sing my oh, man's praise.
1: No, I'm going to have to ask you to apologize to uh, me and Kyle, for, and I think it was Matt when Chris Paul got traded to Phoenix. I said, Oh, they could be one of the best teams in the West. And you acted like the sky <laughs> was falling. I want a ring, Jake. I want a ring. What
0: were the Thunder they last year? Oh, to... oh, no. Answer me this What were the Thunder last year? Where were they in the West? Oh, they were fourth. Uh, okay. So, like, I don't, like, I don't, fourth in the West. But going like, into
2: the season, you didn't, like, we didn't think that. We, we, I actually legitimately thought the Suns were going to be a good team when it came, and they're playing better than I even thought they would.
0: They're, they're a good team, and I think they're they're beating a lot of people's expectations, but come, come, come May and June, you think you think Phoenix is going to be playing for a ring? Just add to me that. And this is supposed to be a happy segment about them, and now you got me on my pessimism oh, side.
2: This like, is a happy segment. This is a happy segment, and I, I can switch it because I actually really like this team, and I see a lot of similarities to that Jazz team. They play really good defense, but overall, and what the Jazz really have down is they know their game, and they stick to it. Right. So, like, this is a team that knows their strengths. One of their strengths is the half court game. You have Chris mm-hmm. Paul. Chris Paul, I know, we, I mean, he can play in transition, but Chris Paul in the half court game is deadly at the point guard position. That's they're 29th cool. in pace, which means they're slowing it down a lot. Which, by the way, once you get to the playoffs, the game gets slowed down. Mm-hmm. And they're giving up the fourth least points in the league while still being in the top half of scoring. So, they're playing to their strengths. They're playing good defense like the Jazz. And,. They're getting contributions from players you maybe didn't expect coming into the season. I mean, Mikael Bridges, you kind of knew, but now you're looking at a guy like Cam Johnson's Cam playing Johnson really well. Big. A lot of minutes for them. Sarge is playing well. Jake Crowder has been, you know, the piece he was even for the Heat last year, but just playing really well. And I see a lot of similarities with this Jazz team, but I kind of see more winners on this Phoenix roster.
0: I see I see a little more dogs on this Phoenix roster. Another guy they're getting big. Contributions from kind of unlocking DeAndre Ayton a little bit, and I think having Chris Paul putting him in the high pick and roll is, is just put another element to DeAndre Ayton's game. Jake, I remember when he got drafted first overall; like that was your guy. You loved DeAndre, and you thought he was going to be a beast. And kind of didn't hit that in his first year, and, and and now it looks like he's he's opened that up with Chris Paul on the team.
1: So it's funny you say that. He is my guy. He's on my fantasy team. my uh, uh,
0: fam. Yes, sir. Yeah,
1: I. Took him over Luka Doncic, kind of marrying me to oh, him as a... Uh,
2: He's hey, on, my fantasy. I mean, He's on my fantasy, too, but I didn't take him over Luka Over Luka,
0: yeah. Sure. There's some things that you just don't need to say, Jake. You kinda, a, like, it it, it was court. in
2: the Dynasty
1: League, so I had the number one overall pick. I had the number one overall pick as a, in the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the guy who went number one overall, who was a Bahamian beast. We're getting off topic. <laughs> I think he truly is the one piece that is going to determine how deep they can go because he has that potential. Mm -hmm. But much like Joel Embiid in his, you know, rookie first, second, well, rookie first, second, third year, the consistency wasn't always there. He's spotty. And you see that a lot with DeAndre Ayton, you know, he'll come out, he'll be really active one night. And then the next night, he'll have a tough opponent. He won't be as involved in the game plan and he kind of shuts down. So... Um, his effort level and his activity, if it's consistent, I think Phoenix can be a really good team. Um, I am a little disappointed, though. You mentioned I thought he was going to be a beast. Part of that was me assuming he's going to add the mid-range post up. He's going to add the three-point shot. That's not really there yet. He's still a good player, but if he can take even that next step into stardom, they'll be a tremendous team.
0: Well, I think it starts with extending his play further from the basket. And I think the, the first thing is just getting him comfortable out there. You put him in, and now, you know, 17 to, to 22 feet pick and rolls, you just get him used to operating in that space out there. And he's, he's starting to do that more. And it falls into the next category I want to talk about, because I love talking about Chris Paul, is, you know, how has Chris Paul made the Suns better? What has Chris Paul brought to the Suns? First of all, it's it's like the unselfish basketball. You know you get that when CP3 comes to your team. Seven guys in double figures right now, fifth most assists in the league, and then now two All-Stars, the first time since, what, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, the 0405 Suns, the first time that they've had two All-Stars down there. That's what happens when, you know, a guy like Chris Paul comes to your team, that, that cohesive unit, unselfish basketball and offense, locking down on defense, and you look up and you're fourth in the West when other teams aren't, you know, being this efficient. So, you know, the, the Suns are... are Really taking a a, a next step. Chris Paul's helping him
2: do a lot. I think 100%. These were the expectations that we got from Chris Paul, right? This is what he did. Why were the Thunder in the playoffs last year? Chris Paul. And the Suns probably would have been in the playoffs. But you even look at how he had the Thunder playing last year. And we saw the same thing come to the Suns. We saw a team this last year that was very over-reliant on Devin Booker and now you take the ball out of his hands you get a what third year Aiton now is it mm-hmm. you bring in shooters Cam Johnson came out of nowhere might be one of the best shooters in the league doesn't have the volume yet but he's knocked down knocked down catch and shoot You, but probably the best it's, it's weird to me to say this but true point guard like old school point guard that's what I think Chris Paul is probably the mm-hmm. best I know it's like a blurred line what does that mean but I think you guys probably understand you probably have the best old school true point guard in the league mm-hmm. and they're playing like they have him around yeah
1: That, that just and what is notable from last year to this year where um you know you had Ricky Rubio controlling the ball sometimes uh it was Devin Booker kind of you know that responsibility fell on him where that's not completely the player he is it's the calm that Chris Paul brings to that team the veteran leadership um, just, just, you know, the gaming, the officials, the, all the stuff that he brings See, <laughs> gaming, the officials, it's an important part. I don't think it's enough.
0: No, no. Y'all love throwing oh. salt on what I love. It's always these little backhanded compliments. we talk talking about the Bucks, We talk about Chris Paul and he, this guy was to say gaming. <laughs> the officials. You can try to say it all slick too. Like I wasn't going to hear it and then just keep moving
1: on. I was trying, I was trying. <laughs> I was going to move on real quick, but you called it. That's that right. That's
0: crazy.
1: It was meant as a sign of respect because he knows the ins and outs of the game. Um, it, he he is to basketball as Floyd Mayweather is to boxing. In the same way Floyd Mayweather games boxing, Chris Paul, in my opinion, it's does savvy, the same. Savvy.
0: The polite term is savvy. savvy, yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll take that. Before we move on, another thing. That Chris Paul has brought to the Suns. I don't know if he's brought it, but you know, it's a coincidence that it's gone up since he's been there. They're shooting just really efficiently. Four of their five starters uh, are shooting 49% of higher. Devin Booker at 50, Chris Paul at 49, Deandre Ayton at 59, and Mikel Bridges at 51%. Mikael Bridges is such, such a good. Which Three is just,
2: ridiculous. Just so good and, on both
0: sides of the ball. That's an overproduct right there,
2: And this is four of their five starters, but this is their core four. Mm-hmm. These four guys have started 10 or more games than anyone else on this roster. And to have basically, I know Chris Paul's at 49%, but to have basically your four core players all shooting 50% is ridiculous to me. And, and that's something that
0: sustains itself, man. You talk about, are oh, the Suns ready to go up against, you know, they didn't inch their way into the playoffs. They went from a lottery team to now they're top four in the West. So can, can they contend with, you know, presumably the Nuggets and and the Clippers and the Lakers and the, of the world, the Blazers of the road who's going to be in the mix of that Western conference. That is stuff that sustains itself. Efficiency, 100%. sharing the ball, getting all your guys involved, everyone playing their role. That's how you go toe to toe with these people in the West. So, Oh, you know what? Hey, I'm I'm glad y'all saw that there was a good Suns team. I was looking at completely rings when Chris Paul went there. They're a very, very, very fun team to watch. I just want my guy to get
2: some rings. That's all. I think I think they're more built than the playoff for the playoffs than you think though, man. I, I say it all the time, but the game slows down in the playoffs. And when if you're running half-court ball the entire season, mm-hmm. and this is the game you know, a lot of teams are going into it. Like, say the Pelicans make the playoffs. Sure, the games will still be more high scoring. But what was, what was last night, 260 points? Yeah. That doesn't it's happen ridiculous. anymore. The Suns yeah. are used to this pace of play. And, it, I mean, its they're they are more built for the playoffs than you think. Ring, I don't know. But I like the Suns team a lot. Yeah.
0: Continuing with – oh, go ahead, Jake, before we move on. Go ahead.
2: The
1: only point I was going to say, I'll throw this, throw this one out there to the Straight Facts listeners. Down the road, we may be speaking with the man who built that core three – I'll just leave that bone out there. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Straight facts, listeners, that's that's on Jake.
0: So if he put that out there, that's, that. <laughs>
2: that's
0: on him. We didn't put that out there. I'll say it again.
2: Jake said that. Yeah, Jake yeah. said
0: that. I like that, though. I like that. Continuing with how the hell are they in that seed? The fourth seed in the Eastern Conference is the New York Knicks. I'll say that again because I don't think we've said that since 2012, 2013. The fourth seed in the Eastern Conference is the new york knicks the mecca is back actually tied for fifth and east i'm sorry with indiana they're ahead of boston chicago and miami right now and you know the the guy who's making all the headlines is julius Randle. their all-star career highs in minutes played field goals made field goals attempts three points made three point attempts percentage free throw percentage shoes tied you know, sidewalks. <laughs> Every high-five, high high everything. Like, corn dogs eating. I mean, this dude is, is having career highs in everything. And the Knicks are blossoming because of it. Shout-out Tibbs. Shout-out D. Rose. Shout-out Leon Rose. Shout-out everybody in the Knicks organization right now because I think basketball is, like, at its best when, you know, the the New York Knicks are playing good basketball in the garden. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's been a sight to see, and uh, big props to Tom Thibodeau coming in there. Not only turning around the team and how they play, but the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, These guys are bought in. You see guys like Mitchell Robinson was, I felt like, very disconnected at times, and he can still be that way, but um, before his injury, he looked good on the defensive end. Uh, The Kentucky product, Emmanuel Quickly, has been amazing for them, stepping in. Uh, And last night, or maybe it was two nights ago, Alec Burks put in like 24 points, 25 points, and that's something he can, he used to do that on the Jazz way back in the day, Gordon Hayward days. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, this might—I don't again another team. I don't think that a ring is in their future, but I am interested to see where where New York goes this year.
0: I mean, taking yeah. advantage of, like, a topsy-turvy NBA, right? The teams that you thought were going to be good, the Bostons, the Miamis, you know, of the world are down. And so the Knicks picked a good time to try to, you know, start to figure it out and start to put put good basketball together. In a normal year, they might be 7th, 8th seed. But in this year, taking advantage of, of down teams, put yourself right in the mix. And teams are running out of time to catch up to you. You you know, you, you're... Fourth now, even if you slide a little bit, you might maintain a playoff spot. That's that's yeah. huge for them.
2: And it's it's funny that you bring up Alec Burks, Jake, because that's exactly where I was gonna go. Because if you followed like I don't know why you were following the Knicks the first season or the first two weeks of the season, but mm-hmm. I was playing Daily Fantasy and Alex Burks is legit. Mm-hmm. I, he got injured after that. He was gone for about 12 games. But Alex Burks was like their second leading scorer, like inch and inch with Julius Randle through 14 games of the season. Then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a serious factor that can come back. Austin Rivers has had some big games. He's been hurt. I fear that they don't have an identity. I I, I know Julius Randle is now an all-star. But R.J. Barrett's too inconsistent. And they have enough guys to where, hey, one can step up any given night. But I I fear for this team in a seven game series, you know, Mm -hmm. just just because they don't have this team identity. They don't know who's going to be the man that night besides Randall, because Julius Randall's great. He's not going to win you the game alone. So I fear a little bit about that. But looking at their roster, there's a lot of names that could do it. And if they start to find an identity, say, in the next two months before the playoffs, I'm not saying they're going to make a playoff run, but they could give some teams some trouble for real. And we have not been able to say that about the New York Knicks in a long time.
0: I just think they're just hooping. Like, you, I think it yeah. aids to your point of not really an identity, but I think tips to start the season was like, we don't have much expectations, or even the players thought, we don't have much expectations. Let's just go out there and hoop. Like, what, what do we have to lose by just going out and hooping? And, you know, they're winning games because of it. Something that could be their identity is maybe on the defensive end, though. Um, you know, defenses is calling kind of the calling card right now. Third in defensive rating opponents have the worst field court percentage and three point percentage in the league when playing the Knicks. So they are locking down on defense and you know, you make it, make it easier for yourself on offense, especially with uh, a team with a bunch of young guys. You make it easier for yourself on offense when you're locking down on defense, what the Knicks are doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I-, I think, and again, I don't, I, you know, keep going back to Thibodeau, but You look at those Bulls teams, you look at the Mm -hmm. Timberwolves teams that he coached, always on the defensive end, they are always competent. Um, He he really has proven that defense is almost solely effort-based. You know, if you want to get better at defending, you can do it. It doesn't really matter who you are as long as you uh, have that level of effort, which the Knicks clearly do have this year. Uh, One last thing before we move on. Uh, Today we add on Ian Begley, who is an SNY Knicks and Nets reporter really good at what he does. Ian mentioned that maybe not this trade deadline, but during the offseason, look out for Zach Levine as someone who the Knicks try and potentially go after. Apparently, that's someone that uh, Leon Rose and company covets. Who knows if it'll happen? Just want to throw it out there. That could be a very, that would give them a very, very high-end piece yeah. on the offensive end. Yeah. I mean, are, the Bulls, are
0: the Bulls in position? I mean, what are the Bulls? Fifth? Sixth in the East? Like, are, are they all of a sudden? They're
2: seventh right now. Yeah. Seventh?
0: Are they buyers yeah. now? But, you know, a team that thought they were going to be down and out there in a playoff picture, are they buyers now at the deadline?
2: It doesn't I'm make sense. Sure. I'm not yeah. sure. What, one thing about that, though, Jake, because I could definitely see it, is people want to play in New York. And yeah, we, yeah. people were really considering, you know, KD, Kyrie going to New York, right? And Zion, different situation, but they got all hyped for Zion to go to New York, and I'm pretty sure Zion would have wanted to play in New York. So I mean, all of a sudden you have a team that now made the playoffs, now has a lot of young players that can showing promise. They could be a big destination for not only trades but free agents coming up. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that either.
0: Do people still look at New York City and think that's Madison Square Garden? That's the Mecca of basketball. It's the world's most famous arena. Do you th- I, I, think they I as do. a basketball savant? I absolutely do. I go to the Championship do. every year. And like I walk in that joint, you just feel 60, 70 years of basketball greatness between college and, and professional. But that happens when the Knicks are really good, when Spike Lee's on the on the sideline going crazy. Like, does it have that same appeal? If I'm a free agent, do I still are, are the Knicks still attractive because that's that's going and playing at the mecca of basketball. That that's go where you know the world's most famous arena. You think so?
1: hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I hope Hollowed grounds for sure. I
0: hope people aren't losing that because remember back in the day, it used to be like a uh, it used to be a notable thing when someone was playing either their first game at the Garden or when a star was going to the Garden. It used to have like the Garden games, like Jordan's fifty-eight point output, his first game back at the Garden is historic. LeBron had his career high at one point in the Garden, the sixty. I'm pretty sure, like. Those used to be notable games, whether the Knicks were good or not. Like me performing in the Garden used to be a big deal, or a player performing in the Garden used to be a big deal. I just, I just want that to stay. I just hope that doesn't go. I think,
2: right. I think it will. Yeah. I, you, I have a question too. Is Lynn's sanity as big as it was if it wasn't in the Garden? If no, it wasn't New York? No, that,
0: that's the no. benefit of being in New York. No, if, if he does that in Charlotte, history. if he does that in Charlotte, like. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go in basketball history. Like, you know what I that, You're right. Like, you did that where greats did that.
1: Right. I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to Jeremy Lin, but, like, <laughs> people do that shit all the time. All the time. <laughs> like, you had a good <laughs> run. He had, he had like, day. 26. All the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Rozier like, pulls that shit off every other night. Every other he was night, you know like that. Uh,
2: Four games like, straight last week. Yeah,
0: yes. like I think that's a, that's a good point, Jake. If he does that for a down and out Hornets team, no one cares. He did that for a down and out Knicks team, and it's it's front page news. It was that's it was far. beautiful. All right, we're moving on to our second segment. It's actually one of my favorite things, like floating around social media right now. It's a Twitter a Twitter trend right now, and it, it, it's like titled like You just had to be there. I'm sure you guys are seeing it, but it's my favorite thing. So we're going to do that on Straight Facts Podcast right now. I'll go around and just name something in sports you just had to be there for. it. Jake, go ahead. Uh, You go first.
1: Well, I mean, it's ironic that we literally just got done talking about the Knicks. Because when you brought this up, the first thing I thought of, you just had to be there. You don't understand unless you were there. You experienced it. The 2012-2013 New York Knicks basketball team is the best NBA 2K team ever assembled, ever, ever. ever. Like I'm talking ever. lethal. Like, I'm talking you. That. You go up and down like that roster, like and okay, like forget about like actual basketball. Mm. That's not uh, 2K is. It does not translate to regular basketball. But when you look at players' strengths and you know the cheese and, and how to utilize that, just going up and down this roster. Jr. Smith, mm. sniper, also had ops
2: back then. 2K um, God,
1: Iman Shumpert. Very underrated, super athletic. You had an aging Jason Kidd. You obviously have the stars of Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo Anthony. Those go without saying. Uh, And then when you look on the defensive end, you had, uh, I think, I'm not sure if he was defensive player of the year this year, but Tyson Chandler, uh, who was a candidate back then, great around the rim, Marcus Camby. And then the crown jewel of the Knicks team, the sniper, Steve cool. Novak, absolute Legend. monster. He's the best Legend. 60 overall player in the history of NBA. You could book not, that.
0: Uh, tell your 2K story because you did not pop off with Steve Novak as a 60, 60 overall. No way. No
1: Legend. Way. So they, they used to have a mode, and I'm not sure if they still have it, where you would be – it was a team up. You and five friends could play, and everyone claims a position. So I was the power forward position. I can only play as power forwards. That was Amari Stoudemire, but uh, I want to shoot threes. So I put in Steve Novak. And I was playing with a friend who was small forward. He had Carmelo Anthony, obviously the star of the team. And every time that we went down the floor, I would spam the call pass button. And um, the ball would make its way around to Steve Novak, and it would go up immediately. It would go up immediately. <laughs> After like three, four possessions, I had hit like a couple threes in a row. And at that point, I realized I'm going off. Ended up going for, I think, 50, 60 points. I don't remember the exact number. It was definitely over 50. Uh, and it's an all-time 2K like story for me. I will always remember the time I torched
2: with yeah. Steve Novak online. The Absolutely. Steve Novak was stupid because that was back in 2K where if you were six foot ten, it didn't matter who tried to contest your shot. Shots going. If on. you were taller than the dude, it was going in. And then he has the highest three-point rating. I have many stories just like that playing TO with my friends. And I actually want to put in an honorable mention to the year before because Landry Fields was on the team the year <laughs> before on 2K, oh, and no. Landry Fields was also a 2K god. Green beans. He could windmill. I don't know green why. I never saw diet. him dunk ever, but he could windmill in 2K.
0: All green die. And Steve Novak had one of those 2K releases that was just so easy to time up. Like right right in front of his head, nothing crazy going on, quick release, and that was cash
1: out. He's Clay Thompson, before Clay Thompson. <laughs> I can just
0: imagine you playing 2K and then having like the Austin Rivers hoop mixtape moment where you look at the cameras. I'm about to go off. I'm about to go off right
2: now. Yeah, it was, it was that.
0: I'm about to go off. All right, Kyle, you just had to be there for it.
2: You just had to be there, and it pains me because this brought some hurt to me. But it's mm. the uh, it's the 2010-2011 Big East Conference. This yeah, is uh, historically, in terms of bids to the NCAA tournament, the greatest conference ever. Mm-hmm. They sent 11 teams to the NCAA tournament. No other conference has ever done 10, and only three other conferences has done nine, and by the way, one of those was the Big East the very next year. Mm. But So this was the year of Connecticut, obviously, Kemba Walker. So you had the team coming in 21-9 and 9 into the Big East tournament. Not even sure if they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. Runs the Big East tournament. They had the, you know, cardiac, Kemba, step back against Pitt. I don't I guess, like to yeah, talk you about, about it. you salty
0: about that. I, you, I, I don't like to here, talk about it
2: make it to the tournament after winning the Big East championship as a 9 seed and then run the whole tournament. Mm. I mean, this was magical back then. I mean, Pitt was a 1 seed, Notre Dame was a 2 seed, Syracuse, UConn were 3 seeds, Louisville, whatever, go down oh, the sure. list. Every single team was good. Villanova was in there and there was late... Notre
0: Dame in that conference too. Notre Dame I, I know we
2: weren't around for, you know, what old heads will tell you what was the biggest heyday, but mm. I I did leave, live those late Big East being a Pitt fan. I think James, you're a Nova fan, right? Mm-hmm. Jake, I'm not sure if you are, but those were the days, man. those Those were the days of Big East basketball back then, and really good basketball, and broke my heart a lot of times. So I'm not going to lie, because yeah, we never know. made it past the Elite Eight.
0: Like you just had to, be, not even from the standpoint of of like even in like sending out the, that many teams to the NCAA tournament, but just like you know all these powerhouses now of Syracuse and Louisville. Um, and Notre Dame and UConn, like these these teams, all used to be in one conference. Like, used, Nova. To, used to all used to be in in one conference in the Big East. Like regular season play for the Big East in those like three four years was like the NCAA tournament. Like every yeah. other every other week, you're playing a top twenty five, damn near top yeah. fifteen team.
2: And then you had like Marquette would win games. Cincinnati yeah. was in there; they would win games. Oh, yeah. That. And what's crazy is looking at the teams. There's only one team that really fell off. And uh, it's my Pit Panthers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, I mean we were the one seed like three straight years and that was only like ten years ago. And now we uh I don't even want to talk about it. That's like Ashton oh, that's
0: like Ashton Gibbs territory.
2: That was Ashton Gibbs, yep. yeah. That was that year. Yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, Jake is a Nova fan. Bring him to any Nova basketball game you'll see. <laughs> I brought him to the Fin against uh when, when Marcus Howard was a junior. We went to the fin and watched Marquette play Nova. This man was screaming his head off, like he Cremo. was. What's Cremo. the um, that's the Cremo game? Yes. Sir. What's the
2: what's a Nova home stadium? The the it, on their campus on their yeah the my dad used to call it the penitentiary. We used to go and uh, <laughs> we life. went to a Pit Nova game. I remember when I was young. That was a fun time.
0: That's funny. That's funny. All right, mine. You just had to be there for it. Is the Lob City Clippers 2012 to 2016 Los Angeles Clippers? Chris Paul. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and then the corners, Matt Barnes, Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. I mean, if you want to talk about an exciting team to watch, ask anyone who was around to watch it. This is one of the most exciting basketball teams for that three, four-year stretch that we've ever seen in the NBA. And made alley-oops a part of like a half-court game. Alley-oops, weren't, alley-oops were a transition thing. It was a two-on-one, three-on-two thing you did in the open court and transition and the Clippers brought it into their half-court game. Lily would run sets to just throw it up in the air because they had two people who could go get it where no one else could. And that was a young Blake Griffin and a young DeAndre Jordan. I mean, it was literally highlight material every single time they played. You were getting yeah. a, a Center Top 10 highlight. It was, Bro, it was so much fun to watch. And, like, you yeah, can watch 100%. the highlights all you want to, but you just had to be there to actually see it live. The fact that, like, yo, these people do this. 12 to 14 times a game are just throwing lobs. At
2: yeah, the that was that was different. And actually, it's, going back to Jake's point, we're going to talk about 2K God Team Contenders. Those Clippers go. teams were up there. there but my favorite dunk of all time, and you guys probably know where it's already coming from, is when DeAndre Jordan absolutely baptized Brandon Knight off of a pa- Chris Paul lob. Mm. The place goes nuts. DeAndre Jordan hits him with a stank face. The phase, and yeah. then after the game, Brandon Knight goes, Yeah, I jump again every single time. And I'm like, would you really? Would you really I mean, get buried again? No. I if anyone I, listening has never seen that dunk, look. Just look up DeAndre Jordan, Brandon Knight. I promise you, it'll be the first one. It is disgusting.
0: I mean, if if you go to YouTube and type in DeAndre Jordan, I, I, it's probably gonna fill it in for you. Because yeah. I, I mean, that was it was the best. Remember when Sports Center used to do the Best of the Best? I think that's yeah. the, the second longest running Best of the Best. Not. In, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Like yeah. it, it was it was on Sports Center for literally months. And I've seen people dunk on people, but like. John Jordan put Brandon Knight through the floor. Like, Brandon Knight bounced off the hardwood. It was absolutely – he was parallel in the air at one point. It was the most disrespectful thing I've I've ever seen with his offhand, too. DJ's left hand, he dunked it with his right.
2: Yeah.
0: He had to be there for it.
1: Uh, and I do think – I just want to say, and I know this hurts, James. Like, I am shocked that that team never broke through Never. Like, it they seemed like they were the air to is- The Rockets in 2015,
0: 2016, and it never recovered from it.
1: Just a brutal series of events, one after the other in the postseason. It seemed like every year. I mean, just a really tough way to go out. But, hey, I mean, you had to be there for it, and it was a ton of fun when it was happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those teams where, you know, even now, I mean, it's, it's you know, seven, eight years later. It's one of those teams we're going to look back on And you're going to look down that roster and you're going to be like, how the, they went to a a conference semifinals. That's it. Like they never went even to a conference finals. Like, yeah, bro. Like that shit was heartbreaking. All the talent in the world. It's, they just hit a a wall every single time. Yeah. That's tough. I couldn't, I can't really explain it. That 3-1 lead hurts. I I was so glad the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead (laughs) because I was like, everyone like low key forgets that we blew one first. But um, yeah, I'm telling you, you just, just had to be there for it. All right. That's all that we got, Kyle, this past week of sports.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to throw a curveball on you guys. All right. Go uh, I'm going to switch it up, the format today, test it out. I'm going to go the best thing I saw this past week, the worst thing I saw this past week, and the funniest thing I saw this past week. I like it. Though I am going to start with the worst just because I don't want to transition into the funniest <laughs> after this. Yeah. And we got to get serious here. So Tiger Woods was seriously injured Tuesday in a single-car SUV crash where his car rolled over the median, rolled several times more, and ended up on its side. He had to get pulled through the windshield and had leg surgery afterwards. I mean, this is horrible news for the world of golf and just sports in general. And I know the questions are going to come up like, hey, is he ever going to play golf again? I'm not worried about any of that. I just want to wish him the best in recovery because from what I'm hearing, this was a very serious, serious crash that Mm -hmm. honestly he could have lost his life. So I I just want to say best of recovery to Tiger Woods. I mean, we we know who he is. It doesn't matter who this was, though. Anyone, this sounded horrible and just good luck, Tiger.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, I agree with you, Kyle, and I like the fact that you said that. We can worry about the golf stuff later. We can have all those debates after you guys listen to the episode, have all the debates you want about whether you think, you know, he's going to be back, you know, on the, on the golf field, or on the golf course or not. Um, but you're right, Kyle, you, you know, a lot of medical examiners said he's lucky to, to not have lost his life, had to, you know, the jaws of life had to come out to get him through the windshield. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be completely candid, I, I know my first thought when, when the reports were all said and done, you know, and it, it came out that, you know, he was not intoxicated, that this had, you know, that had nothing to do with impairment. You know, he just was a freak accident. That was my first, my biggest sigh of relief is like, thank, thank God that, you know, there he was not, he wasn't under the influence of something or, you know, he wasn't impaired. His judgment or his driving wasn't impaired. This just was a, a freak accident on a bad road. So, you know, just a speediest and most successful of recoveries to Tigerman.
1: Yeah, totally agree, James. And, you know, I just think, um, with the Kobe thing happening like that, it just really leaves a very you know tender, sensitive spot for stuff like this. It's very yeah. scary. Uh, he was a hero to a lot of people, still is. So glad to hear that um, he's doing better, and you know, wish him a full recovery.
2: Absolutely, of course, yes, sir. And honestly, that was what I was gonna say, Jake. My heart when I get the alert on my phone, Tiger Woods is involved in serious injury. It was instantly right to the Kobe thing. Like that was. I have not felt something like that yeah. in terms of sports, and when you get an alert on your phone, at that. It was scary, man, but we we are happy Tiger get better. Mm -hmm. So let's move into the best thing I saw this past week, and that's Naomi Osaka. So she won the Australian Open, and not just won it, she dominated Mm -hmm. it. Six out of seven of her matches were won in two sets. One of those six was against Serena Williams, and she's now a four-time Grand Slam winner and currently holds both the U.S. and Australian Open titles, which, by the way, not easy to hold two of them things, but I don't have to mention as well, she's only 23 years old. The, the sport of women's tennis is getting a little scary now. Yeah. I mean, we just went through it with Serena, but it's getting a little scary now with Naomi Osaka. I mean, look, she
0: did what Pat Mahomes, what everyone thought Pat Mahomes was going to do on Super Bowl Sunday, and made people question is, is Serena done is you know the baton pass. Is it Naomi Osaka sport now? That's what Pat wanted to do on Super Bowl yeah. Sunday. Tom quieted that noise. But that's what Naomi Osaka did, especially in the dominance and not only beating Serena in the semifinals, but then dominating Simona Halep in the finals. And, you know, barely breaking a sweat and doing so and winning this trophy, you know, she, she next up for sure. Yeah.
1: And I, I really like like the self-awareness cause they asked her afterwards, they said some of uh, the media said something to the effect of like, "How's it feel? You know, two legends going And she's like, I am not a legend yet, yet. <laughs> uh i like that. which which like is a great thing for someone that old to be that aware and um you know you just had a great career accomplishment to still have that presence of mind uh i found impressive and i think she will eventually end up being a legend when you're this successful this young yeah. uh definitely bodes well for the future for what,
0: what did drake saying over they call me a legend am i really this old like i'm, I'm right. too young to be yeah. feeling this cold like don't call me that means that means i've, I've accomplished everything already like don't call me a legend yet because Half of it is I haven't earned that status. The other half of it is you ain't seen nothing yet.
2: Yeah, I'm I 23. Yet. Like, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm chasing all the records. So Shout out. She's also dating uh, Corday, part of PumaFam. Shout out. She's pseudo PumaFam, so shout out.
2: It counts. Well, she might yeah. be signed with Nike, but you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> i not giving up the Nike bag. Puma don't got a bag for her. Sorry. Puma don't got
2: that bag. <laughs> all right. Let's go into the funniest thing I saw this week, and this involves Russell Wilson. So reports came out earlier this week that Russell Wilson requested a trade from the Seahawks. We later learned that this wasn't true, but instead he gave the list of teams that he wanted that he would go to, and that would be the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. So it's like going to your girlfriend or your, your wife, like, "Hey, hey, babe, I I don't want to <laughs> cheat on you, but if I did X, Y, and Z, these are the girls I'm gonna I want to no. cheat on you with." Like, I don't I, want to
0: I, leave you, but if I did, it'd be <laughs> one <the head>. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, so I thought... That, I, I mean, you don't see reports like this much, and I was yeah. cracking up when I saw the headline.
0: I mean, I think it's like, Russ is too nice of a guy to, like, throw a throw a organization that drafted him and gave him a Super Bowl and a coach that's done so much for him completely under the bus by saying, I don't want to play here anymore. But he's like, hey, like, I'm not forcing a trade, but I would like for you guys to see if you could get something from these four teams because then I would go there. Like, I, I, that's, like, kind of what it sounds like. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying you have to do it, but these four teams would be a mighty good destination for you, boy.
1: Yeah. Well, let me tell you what. Whatever the problem is, point to it. If I'm if I'm John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, what's the problem? Oh, you don't like the equipment guy? Hey, come here. You're fired. <laughs> oh, you don't like him either? Oh, hey, Pete, you're fired. For real. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. I mean, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson is of that caliber. And I think the Seahawks know that. When you look at the betting odds, we, we talked about this today. He's like minus 2,500, I think, yeah. to stay with the Seahawks. That means that they think he's not going anywhere, which I think as well. Uh, so this is interesting because he's not someone that I think really would ever have you know, released a trade list, do anything of this you know publicly, but we'll see, I guess.
0: Also, I know a lot of trade lists don't have to do with the player itself. Like that's a lot of like the agency in their camp like asking Russ like do you want to get traded and if Russ is like yeah I kind of like to get traded he's like we gonna handle it from the media and and press sort of things and and try to smother the Seahawks into like you know kind of force the Seahawks hand into trading them I don't think that has because I haven't heard Russ actually say like you know these are my trade destinations here I want to go to the only thing I've heard him say publicly is I'm happy in Seattle I'm just a little bit frustrated about getting sacked the most times of any quarterback in the last four or five years (laughs) that's (laughs) all he's mad about
2: all right. Well, that is it for this past week in sports. Let's uh, transition into the countdown with number five.
1: The amount of teams in Eastern Conference playoff spots that would not be in a playoff position <laughs> in the West. Uh, the Sixers Nuts and Bucks are the only teams in the East that would still be in a playoff spot if they were in the West. That is pretty crazy, but makes sense when you really... Start to think about it. I mean, yeah. to me,
0: the Eastern Conference boils down into two actual title contenders. That's the Sixers and the Nets. Like, the, the Bucs are, you know, Bucks Bucs got an okay win against the Pelicans last night, but they're way too inconsistent for me to, to put them up there with the Sixers and the Nets. And if you don't got a winning record, don't talk to me about a contender. People won't like want to put like the, the Celtics, maybe the Heat. No, if you don't got a winning record by now, the All Star break is next week. Don't talk to me about title contention if you're not even above 500 yet. There's only three teams in the East doing that.
2: That's facts. I just thought it was crazy that like there's a bunch of teams in the West that could be in playoffs in the East and only three teams in the East record-wise would even be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're talking eight seeds. Like the four seed in the East can't even be an eight seed in the West. That's ridiculous at this point. But yeah. let's go on to number four. The number of first-time
0: NBA all-stars this season, Zion Williamson, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle. I'm actually really glad you put this in the countdown, Kyle, because we didn't get to talk about all-stars and who got snubbed, and who, the, you know, you think you should be in there. And a lot of people looking on Zion, at Zion Williamson like, Ooh. like, should, should he be in there? And Kyle, I got the same, you know, I, I had the same, you know, reaction. Like, there's other people that I would like to see in there this year, but you go and look at his numbers, it's like 24, you know, six and five or something like that. You're like, oh, that's that's kind of all the numbers. Like, I, I can't. What I've, seen out of,
2: what I've seen out of Zion in the past month, he looks very good. He looks exactly yeah. what we were expecting out of college. And it's a little scary going forward for the league because Zion, if he keeps doing this and he keeps putting up 30 points on 85% shooting with two blocks and 10 rebounds. I mean, he's – I've watched a lot of Pelicans games. I don't know if they're <laughs> nationally televised all the time. And he looks really good. Yeah. So I'm not mad he's an all-star. Um, his numbers are there. Maybe he really hasn't hit that all-star stride until like a month ago, but I'm not going to sweat it.
0: We know it don't take uh, the league, a, you know, a lot to put Zion in the All Star
2: game, right? Yeah. They want to and get it's him in the dunk contest.
1: It's a, <laughs> he said he's not sure about or he, he doesn't think he's gonna. I forget how they phrased it, but it left out the possibility that he may do the dunk contest. Yeah, I saw rooms that. Conference. But I just think it's a shame. Um, guys like Mike Conley, because there's only 12 All Star spots per conference. Um, guys like Mike Conley, you know, probably never going to make the All Star an all-star team which is ridiculous in in my opinion it's a big problem when you look at the nba when they first had their first ever all-star game there was 10 roster spots uh per, per team per side and there was 10 teams in the league now there's 30 teams in the league and there's only 12 spots per side um i think that they could use a boost either one or two spots um per team and then you don't because there are a lot of worthy candidates who get snubbed every year and uh i just think you know we it's time to adjust to inflation yeah. so to
2: speak and, and i think 13 uh, would be perfect yeah, you can suit 30, up 13 it guys it used to be 12 in regular games but you can suit up 13 guys now in the nba yeah. why can't you suit 13 up for the all-star game so.
0: and old heads like lebron and KD and james Harden don't care about the all-star minutes anymore lebron don't even want to go to the all-star game lebron made it public he thinks it's stupid so even in a normal year. Well,
2: he loves it, though. In the normal <laughs> years, he loves it. LeBron loves the All-Star Game.
0: He did. I mean, it's only two years removed from him being All-Star Game MVP or three years removed from him all- being All-Star Game MVP. Um,
1: so, yeah, we'll see. All
2: right, let's go to uh, number three. The number of teams
1: who currently have winning records that the Lakers have beaten this season, the Nuggets, the Bucks, and the Spurs. Am I reading this correctly? They only correctly. have three wins against okay four wins
2: they beat the spurs twice but that's correct listen i don't want
1: to hear about lebron james mvp anymore yeah not
0: okay i no, don't no, want to hear no, about no, no, anymore no, no no yeah i agree
2: yeah I agree. they beat the spurs twice so it's four wins but against three teams and they also lost to the spurs once and the nuggets once so wow i believe they're they're against teams that currently have a winning record they're 4-7 and seven or 4-8 and eight right now. Mm-hmm. So, one, their schedule hasn't been that hard. So, expect a hard second half schedule because are they released yet? I don't think they are. They did just release the second half uh, this week, yeah. Okay, so expect a hard schedule. And, hey, AD's hurt. I don't know when he's coming back. It could get a little shaky for the uh, the Lakers here. I'm sure they'll be fine by the playoffs, but they said they're another not as two dominant to, as you might think. They said another
0: two to three weeks for AD, so at least, you know, a, a week after the All-Star break. And, Jake, you know what really pains me about not – You know, you got to put the LeBron for MVP rest to bed. It's not like he's not trying. He's tried like, this man is playing 40 minutes a game the last, you know, week or two since AD's been out. Like, he's trying, and it's still not. Hasn't missed a game. Yeah, and it's it's still not getting it done. That, That hurts. All
2: right, let's move to number two. The number of
0: top 10 team wins the Michigan Wolverines have, or I'm sorry, I'll do that again. The number of top 10 teams the Michigan Wolverines have beaten in the past week, that's Ohio State and Iowa. Just Two absolutely, com- you know, completely impressive wins. Um, we talk about the Michigan Wolverines. Shout out to Hunter Dickinson, big seven different. footer, and in the, in the different. middle, different. In the middle of Michigan, um, went toe to toe with Luca Garza and got the best of him. And that I, I he might be the only one that's been able to say that this year. Luca Garza has been like leading candidate for Naismith Play of the Year coming into this week, and Hunter Dickinson absolutely got the best of him. Not like. The craziest numbers was like 14 and, and 10 or something like that, 13 and 12, something like that. in the winning, yeah, against but Garza,
2: Iowa. Garza shot six for 19. Yeah, and that's Leading how you in it's like, yeah, he's a stud. I put this in here just because I watched both these games and I wanted to make a point. I think Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor mm-hmm. are way better than any other team in college basketball right now. Yeah, oh, it is Zaga ridiculous sure. how good these teams are. I actually had Ohio State in there until I watched that game and watched Michigan handle them. They handled Iowa. And, I mean, this Michigan team is very good. Jawan mm-hmm. Howard has not playing well. Dickinson's a stud. I didn't even know who he was until two weeks ago, and I've watched two of his games now. And I'm like, he could be a one-and-done if he wants to. Yeah. Like, he's legit. And they got talent. It's not like teams – like, and they have experience. It's not like, you know, the classic college team, like, oh, they played together for a while. They're seniors and juniors. They actually have talent. Yeah. So I, I think I think they're a really good team. And I just wanted to talk about them for a second there. You know who uh, I'm interested
0: in the Big Ten? First of all, the Big Ten is an absolute gauntlet. I think that, you know, I, I do think the national yeah. championship, the national champion is gonna come out of the Big Ten because no one's gonna be more battle tested than any of these Big Ten teams. And a team who hit a little bit of a stumble midseason, but it's coming back is Illinois. I believe they're number five right now. And you want to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, teams that are way better than the pack. Illinois gives me that vibe. I'm not sure if they play either Michigan or or Uh, Ohio State, again, this regular season, like two games left, but the team I'm looking for in, in, you know, come Big Ten tournament time.
1: Uh, I just want to throw this out there uh, for all my Michigan State fans, a little dunk on Michigan. How about this? The number of top five teams Michigan State has beat in their past two games, two. What's up with the Spartans? Spartans, man, they're on fire recently. and. Just found it funny seeing Michigan. That's why I thought you were going. That I read it fully. I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. That was like, but I didn't want to be too long winded. But the next thing I was gonna
0: say is Michigan State is like on a hot streak right now too. The Big yeah. Ten is insane. The Big Ten is. We'll talk about some college
2: basketball next episode. Yeah,
0: get it in there. It's been a while. Yeah,
2: let's do it. There. All right. Until then, now let's go to
1: number one. The number of NBA teams with single digit losses this year. We talked about them at the top. The Utah Jazz. Um, I I gotta say guys and maybe this is just me being petty and, and maybe I, I'm sitting in the glass house here in Philadelphia but I want to feel better for the Jazz than I do their fan base I don't know and also their organization I don't know if you saw some of the recent stuff that's came out about them just not a group of people that I, I really, really want to root for yeah, no. like I it's, you know, <laughs> it's holding me back from really liking this team is just that fan base has had a lot of incidents, and there's been some more. Um, I haven't fully read up on it, but uh, I think there was internally some racial uh, uh, comments made by some staff members. So I wish that Utah was was just a little bit nicer. That's all. I wish it was. I wish
0: it was a better place. I mean, we uh, what was that three years ago? Russell Westbrook, you know, came out and had that that racial altercation with the fan down there. Rodney in Hood had in Yeah, and. Every time the, the Jazz come on the screen I'm watching the sports center my mom just goes ill because my mom hates the Jazz because of Karl Malone, you know, 20 something years. Another now, Ill. but like yeah, it goes it stems all the way back to people hating on Karl Malone from the Utah Jazz, but you know, they're a good team. Quid Slater is going to be the first Utah Jazz or was the first Utah Jazz coach to to coach in an All-Star game, which I learned yesterday and I was like I literally was crazy that Jerry Sloan never coached an All-Star game, the the late Jerry yeah. Sloan, but um what can we say? Well, I think I think we should just check in with the Utah Jazz like every two episodes. Like, hey, still, they still here? Oh, Jazz still here. Okay.
2: That's
0: crazy. We're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer. Oh, anything, anything to say at the buzzer real quick?
2: Yeah, I'm going for my bi-monthly Terry Rozier rant today. Because Let's do it. On, fam. I'm not saying he was snubbed as an all-star because he wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't. I I said he wasn't. But to Jake's point, if they opened up the All-Star game, I think he got the nod. Him and Tobias are next up right now, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But can we stop texting me about Terry Rozier that he's not it? Can we stop, (laughs) you know, tagging me that he's not it? Because a bunch of people do it, and he's it. And he was (laughs) it (laughs) in Boston. He's he's the 10th most threes in the league. By the way, with a better percentage than every single one above him, besides Joe Harris. Doesn't count. Joe Harris only shoots threes. Uh, And the Hornets are good. They have Lamelo short, but Devontae Graham took a step back. He's not the Devontae Graham of last year that was, oh, 62nd best player in the league, while Terry Rozier wasn't even on the list. uh, This man gets buckets. You want to say he's inefficient? No, he's shooting almost 50% this year. You want to say he takes bad shots? Well... He doesn't. He might shoot seven threes a game, but he shoots him at a 41% clip. I don't Ooh. care. He hits game winners. He went off in the other day, and I, I think he scored the, the Hornets past 10 points, hit the game winner. He got 30 him. points in four consecutive games. Stop telling me he's not it. Watch the game tape. Stop looking at stats. I don't care. Watch the game tape. He's a stud. I'm he done. said he's
0: him. I don't know if you realize, Kyle, but I think you just put yourself in Puma fan with that, with that rant. I mean that's, that's top tier guy but
2: Ben Puma Pumas fans ben he's, is, he's the OG he's the, He did the China tour with Danny Green <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he is OG Puma
0: fan He did the China tour Yeah yo shout out Shout out Terry Rozier I, I don't think you really sound off like that Like you really passionate about Terry Rozier Yeah I'm almost brewing
1: That was a little I power do it, every, I do it every
2: couple of months The last time I did it was that When he got left off of the top of 100 list so Yeah I'll he see. was mad about
1: that yeah. He'll he's be
2: mad. on it next year though
1: For
0: sure Jake got something to hit the buzzer
2: yeah, um, I, I just gotta say, like,
1: if you think for a second, and I've had a lot of people say this to me, if you think for a second that King Kong would actually beat Godzilla if they actually squared up, you are out of your mind. You are <laughs> out of your mind. Like, I like King Kong. I like King Kong. He's not fighting Godzilla. He said, King Kong, my dog. That's you my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we really have to think about this. Because they're going to make... I know they're going to rig it for... I already see the King Kong. He's flying around in the trailer. King Kong vs. Godzilla. He's deflecting lasers and shit. He is a big gorilla. Godzilla is a walking power plant. Mm -hmm. Dragon. (laughs) Walking power plant. (laughs) What are we talking about? Like, this shouldn't be even a contest. He would absolutely scrape King Kong in, like... 30 minutes that's why they gotta really bring it for Kong Godzilla,
0: Godzilla is a problem don't disrespect King Kong now don't I, dis- I don't want they'll, to don't the walk past, walk past King, because what what Godzilla don't don't let King don't let Godzilla get in King Kong's reach like don't let him get in that punch radius because King Kong got hands flying bro you know how a gorilla get down like
1: that's what I'm saying I don't want to disrespect King Kong I like King Kong <laughs> don't, don't put him up against Zilla
2: like that you can't that's do that saying. We're going to see. I hope they don't have more.
0: I'm going to I'm have to stream that movie with you when uh, so, it comes out because isn't, I, I got to
2: Kong, Isn't King Kong like a good guy, kind of? And then Godzilla just this ultimate wrecking machine?
0: Yeah, King like, Kong is Arth- trying to save somebody. Godzilla just yeah. want you know, wrecking. If they them
2: make them. him win, I don't know. I don't you know. You know, know what I
0: mean? You know what I mean? That's crazy. We're going to see, Jake. I want to stream that movie with you when it comes out because I got to see your face when, when King Kong hit Godzilla with, <laughs> with the Tyson Fury three piece and put him on the back. I got
1: to see your face. I'm going to say, this is rigged. Sorry, just saw it live. Or whatever, Ayesha <laughs> Curry. I'm going to put out the Ayesha Curry tweet.
0: That's that's crazy. Um, all I got to say at the buzzer is Kyrie Irving, speaking of like, news this past week, Kyrie Irving let another you know piece of his opinion fly, and I agree with it this time. He said that the NBA logo, he tweeted first, that the NBA logo needed to be changed to Kobe. When he was asked about it in a post-game press conference, he said it with his chest. He reaffirmed it. Yes, I believe it, that Kobe needs to be Um, you know, needs to be the NBA logo. And I agree with Kyrie on this one. If you're, if you're going to change the logo, who, who is ever going to have a problem with you changing it to Kobe? Like it's, it's, it's not the sixties. It's not the seventies anymore. You know, most, most, you know, novice NBA fans right now. Couldn't tell you a single piece of Jerry West trivia stat line, nothing, but you know who everybody could tell you something about Kobe Bryant. And, who better for the league to, to model their shield, their logo after than someone who not only was among the league greats among the Mount Rushmore of basketball, but did so much for the NBA on a global scale? Like you want to talk about, you know, helping to expand the game to overseas to China. Kobe Bryant was the person to do that. Um, a model citizen. I mean, like Kobe had his Kobe had his troubles in his career, but you know, one of the one of the most model citizens the NBA has ever seen and now even helping or was helping to advance the WNBA and bring spotlight to that as well like why not and the NBA is trying to find all these ways to tribute to Kobe on a year to year basis how about permanently doing it make your logo Kobe Bryant forever remember Kobe Bryant and the the logo the position of it don't even gotta change that much if you see the picture Kyrie put out it was like the same stance that Jerry West had it's just Kobe now I agree with Kyrie I think I think it would be a dope logo. Everyone nowadays will be able to relate to it if you did.
1: For sure. And it's like, you know, of all like star players, if you had to say, hey, out of all the star players, who loved the game of basketball the most? Who knew? Who, who refined? Who, who crafted their game of basketball the most and, and pushed it forward? Billy Bryant, top three, maybe number one, depending on yeah. you know your your disposition. I think,
2: I think it's Kobe and Jordan; those are like the yeah. two that did it. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with it, and I actually kind of think they're gonna do it. But the, the it. thing, the reason that, but you know, they like to paint Kyrie as the bad guy. So I mean, maybe it's like anti-Kyrie for a little bit, and then yeah, they'll yeah, do yeah. it. I actually think they're gonna do it though.
0: They need one but, more, uh, one more big star comes out and and echoes that sentiment. I think the NBA gives it like. LeBron, LeBron says it'll happen. I didn't want to say because, you know, I didn't want to be that person to say it's, it's LeBron. But yeah, if LeBron says it, then they'll, they'll probably make away with it. But yeah. I have a lot of debates with people about like where Kobe Bryant sits amongst the all-time greats, like basketball wise. I'm not here to have that debate right now, but I, I do put them somewhere around 8, 9, 10. I get slandered for it a lot. But you're talking about legacy, not, not talent or accolades. But the greatest legacies of all time, Kobe Bryant's top three and he's not three. It's like him and Jordan interchangeable 1A, 1B for like greatest legacies of the game, especially, you know, you know, you know, after his tragic death. So
2: I agree with that fully. And speaking of logo changes, I'm gonna leave it there.
0: Hey, oh, oh, uh oh, don't, don't, oh. don't hurt him. Oh. Now. Don't get out <laughs> of himself too much, Kyle. That's all we have. This episode of straight facts. It was a great one. Big ups to my guys, Kyle Siric and Jake Galley, along with teasing a new logo. Apparently, we're going to have, you know, a big time guest come soon. So y'all make sure you keep Jake to that. But <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts.
2: Straight up.